So uh, good evening, everyone. On behalf of the consortium, uh, I welcome uh, all the fellows here uh, this evening. I uh, wanted to thank Rabbi Weitz for uh, coordinating the program and getting uh, everything off the ground. And also Rabbi Sadi for uh, helping with the uh, arrangements. And of course, Rabbi Noy for the uh, technical uh, help. When we introduced the program uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the concept was that um, in many out-of-town communities, there's a shortage of uh, staff for Lamude Kardesh positions. And uh, after thinking about it for a long time, uh, many people gave an Eitzah, particularly Rav Shalom Kamenetsky, Rashiva from Philadelphia, why not reach out to the Koilalim who are already out of town? and uh, see if there is interest, because if a family is already out of town, then there's more of a chance that they would uh, stay out of town and uh, join either the local community or a similar community that they're living in currently. I had the pleasure this past Sunday night, I attended a chasana in uh, Northeast Philadelphia uh, of a, uh, a fellow who I met in Eretz Yisrael two years ago, Sukkis. And um, the Kolel in Northeast Philadelphia was very well represented. In fact, I think I met everybody from the Kolel Sunday night and the Rosh Kolel. And I was able to see firsthand what a, what a Kolel in an out-of-town community is able to accomplish you know, by providing all the, the Ruchnias and the Gashmias and making a wedding that would have been very small and uh, difficult into really a full-blown Simcha the band and taking care of everything. So I should call to the fellows who are in that community. Our, our goal is to, two aspects. One is to make sure that all the people in the program have the opportunity to connect with a local school. And Rabbi White has already made all the arrangements. We'd like you to visit, have a meeting with the principal or the head of school to really understand the dynamics of what makes that school special. And can you picture yourself in that school? Pretend you're a new parent and you're walking through for the first time. What do you see? What is this like? What would it be like being a child in this school? And what is it like being a staff member here? What's, the, what's your potential of being in this school? And then to spend time over the next few months with one of the other mechanchim that are in the school to actually become an intern of that person for the next five months. Interspersed every month, our goal is to have a special guest lecturer to provide a certain segment of what we believe is quality chinuch um, as a learning session for everybody. So to start, uh, we've invited this evening for the first session, this is the kickoff session, we invited uh, Rabbi Lapiansky, who's a Rosh Yeshiva in uh, the Yeshiva of Greater Washington. He's also very famous for his uh, connection with the Mir in Yerushalayim, uh, son-in-law of the Rosh Yeshiva, Zatzal, someone who lives and breathes a Torah, but he's someone who also understands the schools that we're all coming from. He's, he's in it. He's not a Rosh Hashiva in some ivory tower someplace, but he's somebody who understands the schools in North America, understands the fellas. Uh, I saw that last week the Rosh Hashiva uh, participated in the uh, induction of a new Rav in Long Beach, New York. Uh, I used to be the principal in Long Beach. I spent a lot of time in that shul with Rabbi Waxlack all over Shalom. And, and uh, to understand the community like Long Beach and what it needs or any other community is really critical. We asked the Rav tonight to speak specifically on someone who's entering the, a, a career in Chinuch. What does that mean? What's the mindset? What's my potential? Where could I take this? And um, this will last a little under an hour. If you anybody has questions as the Rav is speaking, uh, write down the question. Send it to Rabbi Noy who's uh, in the system, that's pnoy at cojds.org, pnoy at cojds.org. Uh, time allotting will ask the Rav to relate to the question. Uh, 
we hope that this session is going to be recorded. And um, I'd like to afterwards send it out, actually, to all Mechanchim in North America. Uh, but this specifically was set up for this group uh, because we want you to understand from the Rosh Hashiva's perspective, what's the mindset? What am I getting myself into? What's my potential? So without further ado, it's a big cover to introduce uh, Rapiansky, uh, the Rosh Hashiva. And I'm going to be muted now. And Vakasha, uh, Rabbi, thank you. Um, I, I seem to have a bit of an issue here with the, it keeps telling me my bandwidth is too narrow. So I hope it's not going to affect the quality um, to what I can. I don't know if that's um, a prisoner of the bandwidth here. Um, so in terms, A, I've spent the last 25 years, quote unquote, out of town. Uh, obviously the word out of town is a um, relative. Nana Doima, uh, Silver Spring, Maryland to a smaller place or a bigger place. Each one is different. And it's been wonderful years. Baruch Hashem, tremendous sipuk. I can't speak specifically about the nuts and bolts of um, the chinuch part. It's the, the, the boys I deal with tend to be either older high school boys or bis medrash and um, so on. But I do want to speak a little bit about the topic of the mindset of the mechanech. Because at the end of the day, um, we've all grown up in yeshivas. Our values are yeshiva values. And a lot of times being able to sort of coordinate the two values together, understanding where this comes in, I think is extremely valuable and extremely important that there's no dissonance between what we're coming with and what's happening. Let me present the issue. All of us learned in yeshivas. And in yeshivas, the Rosh Hashiva we had was somebody who said and learned Yom Avalayla, Nukola Terikuloi, and it took him many years to do that. His level of, of sheer is incredible. And we all aspired to try to be like that. In order to be like that, you need to sit and learn. Any activity other than sitting and learning takes away from it. It's, it's stunting your growth, so to speak. Now, along comes um, a chance or a challenge to become a mechanach. And we see it as a steerer to what we've been brought up with. So instead of sitting and learning kachim or tyrus or the other half of the mesechtes or halacha or whatever it is that we haven't learned yet, we're going to be teaching fifth grade, sixth grade, third grade, um, again and again and again, the same hamafkid or whatever it is. And that's what we'll be spending during our time. And we see it as sort of a steerer to what we felt our ideal was. Now, it might be Parnassah that pushes out. So, okay, so we'll excuse ourselves. It might even be the chesed for Kali Yisrael. There are kids who don't know anything, and who am I to luxuriate and sit and learn Reb uh, Shimon on, on, on an obscure sugya somewhere when I could be teaching them Aleph base. So it's a getter of a chesed that's docha the learning. That's another attitude. Now, that attitude, again, is, is it's, you know, it, it, technically correct, but it's very dissatisfying. And we always feel, had we sat and learned in Kolo, regular limudim and so on, we would be bigger people and so on and so forth. That's sort of a, a hidden dissonance. And more than that, it then means that our move outwards, if let's say the challenges of Chinuch, we struggle with it, it makes it so kind of, well, we're not really studying anymore, not learning anymore. And if I have some parnas on the side and don't teach, I'll be able to learn more. Those are the type of ideas that challenge us when we go into chinuch. So what I'd like to present is an understanding of where teaching comes into learning, the role of teaching in the, in the framework of learning. 
So I want to start with something we say every day. Avinu v'rachman amrachim rachim aleinu v'seim belibeinu l'hovinu l'haskil l'shmoya l'lmoid u'lalamid. L'shma v'lasa is called the Talmud Tosavi Abba. So in, the, in, in a bracha which is very similar to Birchus HaTorah, halachically can take the place of Birchus HaTorah, we ask for many of the things, Alev Mevin, Lishmoya, Lishma Velasa is Olekayim, is something which is fundamental to Torah, we understand that. But the Lalamid comes smack in the middle. Lilmodul Lalamid. First of all, why is Lalamid at all part of this? It's a wonderful thing to remember its story. It's great. It's 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 it's, it's it has a lot of nice things. But this is a bracha on our personal limudat Torah, and 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 it serves as such. So mele lishma lazul kaim are things that that are um, vital as part of of, of being a kabbal Torah. Where does lalamit come in? And it comes in as a twin to lilmod. Lilmod or lalamit? Yes. After I'm a big yid. At the Lishma or Lassus or kinds of Talmud of Yavu, now is time I should be Malamit. But but this is this is a, a sort of inter, intertwined with Lomit. Um, and Igmar speaks about if it was Lomit, not Malamit. So so where does the Lomit come into the, to, to the Lomit? The Riba Yaka, Riba Yaka was the Ramban's Rebbe, and he wrote um, the earliest. I would say running Pirush on the Siddur. And he 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 says that this Nusach is Mesukin al Pira Chazal. It brings a Medrash in Bayikra, Aralazar Baba, Shavacha, Lomad Valolimaid, Ainlacha Hevel Godomize. If a person learned, but he didn't teach, Ainlacha Hevel Godomize, there's no bigger Hevel. Why? I mean, sitting and learning is sitting and learning. Teaching is a mitzvah, a chiyuv. Call it whatever you want to call it. But if you learned without limit, I mean, what about the person who can't be Rosh Hashiva? What does it mean? Why is it called a hevel? Um, that, that's something that's very striking. And, and the Rebbe Yaka says, this is the meaning. This is why we must um, place, juxtapose Lulamid right next to Lumot, because without the Lulamid part, it's Hevel. Very, very, uh, I mean, it, it, it's something that really, really um, demands a, a, an understanding. The medrash in itself, and and the Riba Yoker, it obviously makes a lot of sense that that's why we say it, but but it only compounds the issue. So I, I want to go to something else. Um, a mitzvah that applies to everybody. If we're to ask ourselves, what is the seder hadvarim of a person's um, mitzvahs? So we would say. Fundamental mitzvahs like Zayim Noach, other mitzvahs, and so on. The, the mitzvah to have children, period of Rivia, um, should be seen as the final step on a person's kaima. Just like um, when you're learning Lahavdal biology, so the way you look at a body, human or otherwise, is you have um, what the heart and the lung, which is the etzim chiyos with the brain. You have the part that feeds it. You have the blood. You have the muscles that help you get around. V'chulu, v'chulu, v'chulu. Then you have a reproductive system, which allows that to go a step further. But that's not something that we would say is the cornerstone. We would say it's the crowning part. So this person, not only is he so perfect, but he also now made another one. Okay, so, so, so that, that makes a lot of sense. But, but the first mitzvah in the Torah, in the first parish is Purvivya. Purvu. That's the first mitzvah. That's the only mitzvah we take note of, is Purvu. 
And yes, there were other mitzvahs, but they, they, they sort of are either hinted at or, or tucked in somewhere else. Puravu, so that's the first chiv, it's the first mitzvah's essay. It's Puravu, I mean, why would that be? You know, first take care of yourself, then you'll go have children. And, and the Gemara says that if somebody doesn't have children, so um, he's like a mace. He's like, you know, vim ayin mesa What's the logic behind it? I mean, you're a fully living person. So Melo, somebody's an Anu, so I say he's missing his chiyas. He doesn't have the food that he needs. He doesn't have the shelter he needs. So I could see that as a mace. A matzera, his body is torn apart. He's like a mace. Um, you know, a blind person, he can't get around, he's helpless. All of those are greatly diminish a person's physical stature. But not having children, that's like a luxury. In other words, there's me and there's something on top of it. So, so how do you understand that? You see it both in the fact that Rachel said, and Chazal, it's, it's, it's like a mace. And, uh, and the first Mrs. Puravu, it's, it's kind of almost like a parallel in a sense. How do you understand that? So I would like to... Um, take a, um, I, I would like to take a, a morale, an idea that morale says, and he says it in different way. He says the same idea in many different ways, in different places. I, I want to take it in a specific place where he, where he talks about it in a context that's no us. It's, it says very end of picture of this. It says that, that you don't take anything with you to the other world and, and, uh, you know, Bishach um, it, it, it's, says that, you know, you know, Torah guards you when with and and uh, and so on. The, the whole, the whole, uh, all the miles of Torah and so on. And one of it, it says, that when um, you come to Olam Haba, um, that is your words. Torah becomes your diburim. So the morale is Meirich, and he explains Pshatnit. And he says that the Divrei Torah are the chiyos of the person. And he goes through an arichus. I'm not going to go through the arichus, but I want to take out the point he makes. His point is every person, as we see him walking around, and you know, kind of uh, doing what he does, he's only bekoach, he's potential. Whereas we look at a fetus as potential and a person as being befall, meaning realize himself, this is the person, now the person can do good things. But Lamaisa, we see the person as being just um, being fully formed. The Maral says a person is potential. That's what a person is. The Korach Hadibur of all of his kohos is the one that brings him out. In other words, the ideas that I have in my head and, and, and the, the, the understandings that I've achieved, those are all also the Korach. My, all of my inner thoughts, feelings, ideas, etc., when they're formulated, in, when they're fully formed in the brain, that's called bekoach. And a person does not really exist yet until he's able to bring it out. And the bringing out of the person's content is koach hadibur. So, so the maral says, v'kitzayse so true, and and so on. It guards you. It it moves and so on and so forth. But in the be'etzim, Torah is what gives a person his chius. His chius means who he is and what he is, and it does it by becoming words, by becoming different Torah that express the person's ruchnistic content. So a person can have wonderfully deep feelings and ideas and anything you want, 
until they haven't been expressed, they're just bekoach, and the person is as alive as a fetus would be. That's just the dark of life. And when he's able to express and, and bring out, that's when he becomes chai. Uh, uh, that's when he becomes, because that's when he exists as he should exist. So let's um, understand the point here. The morale is saying existence is not that a person physically is alive, his body is alive. Existence is that the person's mitzias, his, his, his person, his atzmius, is able to come out and come to light in the world. And um, Maral says in many places, Adam is begematria ma, 45 memhei, because a man is kolkuloi potential. That's what we call man is potential man. It's a fetus, it's a seed. The Adam realizes himself through Dibur, through Sicha, and the Sicha of Dibur is what gives him. So when a person is dead, it says it's called Duma, Yerde Duma, the Malach of, of, of killing is called Duma, because he is no longer capable of expressing. And for all good, for all intents, he doesn't exist. The fact that his body might even be breathing, but if he doesn't, if, if it doesn't have a kohadibur, it's missing. And a dead person is described as a domain, yorde um, duma. Duma is is what is what's death for a person. And dibur, the sisichecha, is the person's chiyus. Which means, so let's go back and let's try to understand a little bit the implications of that. So long as a person has not expressed himself, the person is not yet befall. He exists the way you describe a fetus as existing, a potential human being. That's because the Adam that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created, what we see as Adam is potential. What Adam that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put, he called him a Ruach Memalala. Adam would be the person that would express his Miyuchadik Nekuda in the Bria through Dibur, many different Ifanim, but through Dibur. So anytime a person is still in the stage where he's absorbing, so that stage is a stage of potential and he has not realized himself. And when a person begins to express, that's when he's realized himself. Now, to express yourself, um, Ramayusha Shapiro used to say over, he said a morale says it, I never found it in the morale, but I would like to, um, but, but, but what he said is, is, is a very, very strong point. He said that the reason why Shemeya is Ka'ina is because without a, she, without a Shemeya, there's no Medaber. You, speech is not exercising your vocal cords. Um, gargling your throat is not speech. Speech means expressing to somebody. And so long, if there's nobody around and you talk all you want, then you have not spoken. Um, it's, it's, it's a speech is to somebody. So since the Shomea has made the Medaber into Medaber, it's only right that he be considered part of that people. That's what I used to say always. And it's um, a very true point, doesn't need my, my skama, but that, that's, that's the point he made. So Adam is created in a way where bringing it out, speaking it, is going to be his um, self-realization. And that's why Peri Verivia, until I haven't brought out myself, 
a perfect riff is the ultimate where I take my Metzias and bring that out into the world. So that is um, a, a the, the most fundamental, the fundamental act of a human being is Pirvirivia, because what greater expression of self is there than having brought out another self in this world? There's an extraordinary, if you look at the Psukim in, in Bracious, we know that Adam is Eitzasada, that Shaiftim. The Pasik says, Vatoitsi Aretz Deshe, Eisev Mazria Zera Liminehu, the Eitz Oisapri, the trees that make Paris, Ashazare Boy Liminehu, that the Paris contain its Zera Liminehu. In other words, the Paris of the tree would not be considered its Paris if I'm eating it. But since the pre contains the zera of the tree itself, that's called its pears. So physically, it's true, and that's why a person who lolenu is not blessed with children doesn't feel that he exists because his own existence is always limited. All our existence is limited, and therefore the temporality of our existence is makes it meaningless unless we have the koach to bring out the pre and that has a koach and so on and so forth that's true physically um and in ruchnius that becomes true as well the word hevel lamad velo limeid ein lecha hevel gadol mizeh Limate is the process of expressing your terror to the world. And if a person was Lama Limate, it's Hevel. If you take a look in Kohelas, Kohelas is the Sefer that is, is Mahavel the world. It, it makes the world, it labels the world as Hevel. And the point that keeps coming up again and again in the Hevel is my Yisrael Adam. Whatever we do fades at some point and comes to an end. And as something fades and comes to an end, then it's Hevel. Hevel, in, 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 in Kohelis explains, it might look okay, but it, it dissipates. It's like, for instance, a cloud. A cloud can look like a real Hefzer until it evaporates and then, and then it's gone. That's Hevel. So Hevel means something that has a temporary appearance of being something, but doesn't leave a trace afterwards. And that's what he's talking about. So in the world of Talmud Torah, the, the, the teaching other people, the, 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 the Pasuk and Chazal make it akin to Pevirivya. Vishnantam levanecha, so, so in the same sense that you have Bonim as an expression of self, as the ultimate expression of self, Talmidim is an ultimate expression of Yotaira. It's something that anyone who's taught, no matter what Madrega you teach, um, there's a sense whatever Torah you taught. Is, 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 is something about there's some sense of, of having your Torah come out and, 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 and become something. Um, you find, unfortunately, many people who's, who turn down opportunities um, to, to be Marbid's Torah for one reason or another, um, you know, purportedly... Um, Good reasons, purportedly reasons, you know, uh, like with, of self-growth. There's a certain, unfortunately, many times, if they don't find a, a vehicle for conveying their Torah, then there's going to be, I don't know, it, it's lacking. There's some drying up of some sort. And you ask yourself, why? Um, the person was sitting and learning a lot. 
but it's this mahalach. It's just like I could be the most wonderful person, but if I wasn't Isaac in Perivirivia, then basically um, that Torah does it does not come to 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 fruition. It doesn't become a davashal mamish. And you see it when you when you teach, and 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 you you give you give over your ideas to others. It takes on a certain life. And if you're fortunate and you're the type of teacher that evokes in other people the desire to be marbits, it keeps going. And, and you get a sense that 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 the terror that had been an idea in your head becomes a dover shall mamish, uh, uh, becomes a, something that has mamashes to it. And having framed the Luma Dolame this way, I want to now add a point. Um, what does teaching look like? Using with the same, going with, using the same train of thought that we've used. I want to now explain something about the teaching process itself. It's in this week's Sedra. It says, So HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe, I'm going to be with you and with Aaron, with your mouth and his mouth, and I will teach you, I guess, tell you what you should say. So the word varisicha in this context is the, the, both the word and the, the grammatical construction is very strange. And the, the Chazal say two pshatim. It says one pshat is like like to pregnant. Ani oisa oischa brio chadasha ki isha zushi horavioledats. I'm going to make you a brio chadasha like a woman who's pregnant and gives birth. So it's ki'ilavari sicha meaning a kajbarhu will impregnate us with the divri taira. That's one. Dovaacha I will shoot my words into your mouth, like an arrow. Now, what's fascinating is, so they, they seem to be two very, very different shatim. Um, you know, coming, the word hara coming from Hiroyan and the word hara coming from Yere. But the Gemara says that the sign of somebody who's low alenu um, can was the power to give birth or not. The the criteria, the the physical um, description is yerikechets. In other words, if it's yerikechets, then it has the power to um, to have children. If not, not. That's the that's the halachic criteria that Chazal used. So the second shot of echoes way too strongly of that. And it almost seems as if it is um, a kind of another facet of that first shot of it's too, it's, it's too close to, to not to say that. And I'd like to explain what that is. <laughs> the description, when we're talking about teaching in the way that we're talking in, in the concept of realizing yourself, it means that the level of passion or intensity in the words that you're saying come from Imke Libcha, the Yerekechets. In other words, the, the criteria for Divertaira that are impressive or not impressive, the, the outward skill has something to do with it. The sense of it, where is it coming from? And when you listen to somebody, even if the person is a very powerful and good speaker, you can a lot of times discern whether it's his mouth. Or, or it's something much deeper that's pushing through. 
I once, I, 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 I once read about the Chazanish, an incredible story. Chazanish was not an orator, to put it mildly. Chazanish was a magnificent writer. He could not speak, would not speak. Somebody described, they once forced him with, with every possible um, force to, to say a shir in Slavotki Yeshiva. And he spoke for 12 minutes at a shir. And the person writing it said it was Rahmanis to watch him. He turned all colors and, and mumbled. He was not a speaker. And the, 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 that, that's one of the tunas of the Kerala's family that they, they, most of them were not speakers. Some were, but not, most not. He was at a um, he was at a uh, asifa for Shemitah. There was almost nothing dearer to his heart than reestablishing Shemitah Kelchasa the way it should be, and so on. And the, whoever was a good or whatever called or, or some sort of that or other called a big rally for Shemitah. Chaznish came to be Mechazik, and the Panevijerov said a magnificent Joshua Kedaka Bekoydash Panevijerov was incredible and he spoke. When the Panevijerov finished, he told the Chaznish, it's the Irzogna Now you're going to speak. The Chaznish demurred, didn't want to. And the Panevijerov said, you know, I'm telling you to say, I want to say, I'm telling you, say, I don't know how, how they, with that. So I don't know if the Chaznish got up or not, but the Chaznish said, call at Smesai to Marno. Every bone in my body talks. And that was it. In other words, I don't have it in my mouth, but every fiber of my body shouts what you said. That was the Chaznish's words. If a person, um, in, in order for, for a person to be moilid, if it comes from any place but his mitzias, it doesn't work. I, I want to tell you or share a personal anecdote. I, I used to be in Eishat Torah. I was there seven years, wonderful years, a lot of... I remember one particular event that I felt my time there is done. I'm not going to stay there much longer. There was, you know, every so often you'd get, you know, you'd get friendly with somebody, you'd teach somebody and so on, you'd, you'd be learning, and somebody would come over and have, at some point there would be this conversation, very personal, very intense, and that was kind of a very, it was a pivotal moment for the person. And those were, those were conversations that it took, it, it, it was, it took a lot, and it was extremely um, rewarding and, and also took a lot out of you. And I remember one afternoon, I was very tired and I was looking forward, you know, for the bell, for six o'clock bell to ring and go. And somebody walked over and he started talking to me. And I saw this is this type of conversation. And my mind was racing through, okay, he's going to probably tell me this and then I'll say that and then this and that, that and so on and so forth. Then I said to myself, if, if this doesn't get your juices churning, then it's over. Then, then this, it's not. It's not going to work anymore. The 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 that a person has to generate when he's teaching is akin to koachachius of realizing yourself. When you feel that having said, having explained the line in the Gemara, you 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 feel achius in it because you've never quite felt it that way. You've never quite experienced it that way. And those are those are the divrei of yours, even if it's even if it's teaching Gemara, but it has the quality of a certain quality, then you know that, that, that you've realized it. So, and what it's supposed to do, if it's Yerikechetz, then what it accomplishes in the, in the, in the Talmud, is it's not yes it's not just another skill and another point and another thing it, it, it it's some sort of profound transfer of your to the child's chius or the personal whoever it is these are all so i guess let's just recap and then we'll have some time i guess uh, for for, for questions or whatever it is that uh, we wanted
um, the the um, understanding that the Lamate piece is the um, it's it's the realization of the learning. Kolzman a person is learning. It's all potential. And it's not just potential in terms that can now go out and teach people who don't know better and, and so on and so forth. It's potential for your Torah also. And it's hard to describe until you've taught. And I've had this feeling personally when I taught simple Gemara to somebody. But I felt that I connected in a way where when I gave it over, I was feeling the Kashi Gemara and the person's and the person was feeling the Kashi Gemara. And those are the type of feelings that turn your Torah into realized Torah. This Lalamed is not the Chesidun to Kaisron, the Chesidun to the other person, and the Zika Rabbin. Those are wonderful things, not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Lumod or Lalamed, where the Lalamed is the realization of your Torah. It becomes a final part of Torah. So it's true, just like if a person, we have... Um, the amount of zera that we have in our body is incredible. And we can only realize a handful. The amount of terror we have, nobody can ever realize the amount of terror that he has um, in, 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 in the world. But every piece that he realizes is the difference between potential and something. It's a difference between um, having a, a expressed the of the morale coming before and not coming before. Um, it's the same difference. A person who 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 is young, a, a boy who's young and he's just entering Shiduchim, the idea of having children is far off. It's a mitzvah, it's an achrayas, you know, it's not something that he even understands the change in the person, not what you've done for your children. You've changed into a different person because um, you expressed yourself via child. It's the same exact feeling um, in Chinuch. It's a feeling of accomplishing yourself. And the accomplishment of yourself with the accomplishment of the Talmud go together. The Vehare Sicha, that Hira is something that is Miloshan Hara and Miloshan hates, is one and the same with the idea that we spoke about of a person realizing himself of, of, of Lumod Olamid, of having a children. If a person's oomph in his teaching and connecting carries the level of chiyos, that's called yoyokechets, that's when it, 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 it makes the other person into very hadasha. And that's when a person understands that his existence has finally become actualized. That he's gone from being bekoyach bepoyel. Those are some hagoshes that I wanted to share about the the transition and the seeming the the, the dissonance between learning and teaching to understanding that teaching is the final stage of learning. That it, it, it's it's when learning takes on a guf and a neshama. Okay, um, Rav Heshi, what, how, how do you want to go about uh, with the questions or whatever you want to do? I have some questions here that I can read out to the Rosh Hashiva. Okay. Um, somebody's asking, does a person have to have a passion for the age of the student and the specific subject that they are teaching um, before they go into that area or is it something that they can rely will develop over time? So obviously, you know, a per, a per, every a rabbi will be teaching will be teaching a few things, many things. Not everything is a person has passion for, but in the big picture, in order to be an effective rabbi, you have to be able to connect with passion to the child. Um, so it, you know, it, it, there's a diktuk rash. You also have to teach, and some people are passionate about diktuk, some people are not. But it, it, so. In, the, in every specific instance, I can't say, you know, you can't teach this so you don't have passion and so on. But in the general sense of it, in, in, the, in, the, in the what am I doing, when I ask myself every day, every week, what am I doing, there has to be a lot of passion there. Uh, 
Um, another question here, how exactly does teaching a lower grade subject such as Aleph Bayes, how is that a realization of a person's Torah from their own learning and their own Gemara, for example? How can it be translated to a lower level of Torah? So first of all, the, the, um, no Rebbe teaches just technical material. The Rebbe is teaching a certain emotional approach. A Rebbe who teaches Alabes is saying, let's, now we're going to learn Torah, and we have now the tools we need for Torah. Let's try Aleph, let's try Bayes. Um, by the way, I guess uh, I, I'll tell over a, a story that moved me tremendously. Um, I heard this story from somebody who has an outreach program in, in Kiev, I think. This is, I, I believe it's, it, it's part of the Karlina thing. I don't, I don't know, I met a person in Eastern Europe and he told me this story. He said the first or second year that they, you know, they had these programs, this was after communism fell. So I believe it was a blight probably, and had a large group dubbing Rosh Hashanah. And these people knew nothing. So he wanted to make them feel good. And he said over the famous story to Balshemtov that there was one kid standing, he like the Balshemtov felt one day during one Roshan during Davni that somebody's mamish accomplishing murder things in Shemayim. And he didn't know what it was. And they showed him this kid. And he asked this kid, you know, Mama Sechon, this kid said, I don't know anything. All I know is Aleph Base. And I keep saying Aleph Base all the time. And, and that's what I do. So uh, that made a tremendous relationship Shemayim. And if I told it over, so that people, you know, would feel good about themselves and so on. So one of the Ukrainian Jews yells out, We don't know olive base either. So he asked around and he said, Rabbi how many don't know olive base? And most of the room raised their hand. So he said, so together, olive, base, gimel. And this person telling over to me said, He'd never been in a more emotionally charged room with sobbing and weeping than that than, than that evening. So okay, it's not as dramatic. It's, a, it's a just another. But the idea it, you you're you're not just teaching the olive base. You're teaching with everything um, the, the, the kid um, Yiddishkeit. It's the way teach olive base. It's also watching a child slowly. And go from Aleph to, 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 to reading a word, to, to, to eyes lighting up when they recognize something. It's a, it, 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 for a person who has that feel, um, it, it becomes, it, you know, it becomes very, very, very moving. You, you feel that, you know, the, 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 the learning how to read. I mean, you know, I have a bunch of grandchildren and so on. And, you know, watching them uh, watching their eyes light up as they begin to put together letters and and get words and see their eyes light up. If you have that type of um, inclination, then then it could become very moving. And like I said before, the, in, especially in an out-of-town setting, you're 100% of the Yiddishkeit that the child has many times um, in every way. So we talk about going to shul, we talk about davening, we talk about Derech Heretz, Everything you talk about to the child, um, you're Yiddishkeit. Um, somebody wanted to know uh, if the Rashiva can relate to the Lishmar Velasai's portion in terms of how, how much focus should be used to specifically bring what's being learned in the Lilmar to Lamaisa within the classroom, I imagine. Um, so obviously it's a wide range of classroom, um, you know, settings, uh, you know, you're going anywhere from non-from kids to from kids like the, you know, uh, just happens to be out of town school. I think doing it in a way, in, in an environment like that, doing it in a way that's exciting and positive as a way to realize what we're learning is the best way to go about it. 
um, you know, you're speaking about Shabbos to kids, you know, all sorts of stripes and all sorts of levels from a Shabbos. But let's say you have a Shabbaton, you say everyone could try to do something to make a Shabbos some, trying to find ways that a child can bring it Lemaisa without obviously getting into the way and, and, you know, understanding what you could do and not offend people is vital because anything that's Lemaisa is a lot more real um, to anyone than, 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 than uh, words. So eating a matzah, I mean, you know, many, many people became Balachuba from a Shabbos Suda. Now, you could simply explain it and say, oh, Shabbos the family gets together, and this is me, that. It sounds wonderful, but until you haven't actually experienced it, you're not going to really get it. So, trying to find ways for children to feel it, experience it, enjoy it, and always with a positive attitude, because these are not kids that you can yell at for not doing, um, is, is definitely very important because it's also, it's a way of making something a body, embodying something, instead of just leaving it as a story in the clouds. Somewhat related to that, somebody asked um, if the Rebbe should have, the Rebbe in the classroom should have any concern that if in fact they're talking about things that not everybody is rugged in certain halachas that might not be in practice, um, is there any concern that specifically giving them that information is making them some kind of mazed if they then don't go and practice it? Is there any negative feedback that might be a result of teaching them something that they might not in fact employ in practice? So as far as the, the specific halachic issue, I don't think is relevant because the Chaznish gives a broad, Tinnach Nishba is not just that he never heard of Shmur Matzah. If he grew up in an environment where Shmur Matzah doesn't exist, even if he heard from a rabbi about Shmur Matzah, it doesn't make him into a mazit. That's something, certainly, and, and if he never hears about it, there's, there's a good chance he'll never have a Kesha to it. What you do have to be careful of is um, to, it has to, it can't sound outlandish, you have to understand what sounds natural to you and normal may or may not sound natural normal to him. And um, you have to do things which a it's possible for him to understand it at least and appreciate it. Not to offend the parents and so on. Um, and uh, you know, those are those are all things that that you do in, in, in a way like that. Let me let me give an example of a very different scale and different age. Um, you know, schools, the, 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 the mainline yeshivish schools all struggle with, with Isurim on the internet and this and that and so on. You know, that's that's the one of the battlegrounds. In our girls' school, Rabbi Katz, the Nile is an extremely astute mechanach. And um, he, um, and obviously, Everyone is connected. It's it's you know it's out of town. It's not it's not a every everyone is connected, but on Hanukkah he has a massive challenge um, to to let's see a campaign. It's called closing the light in order to turn on the light. Closing the lights in order to turn on the light. You know it's basically your eyes are dim. And, and, and lacking chiyus because you're so shaku in it. How about for one week in this, like a very clear limit, you can only go online for a half hour for the mail, but whatever, I don't, I don't know the problem, I'm not into it. And the rest of the time you spend reading with that, and then they have a grand dinner for whoever did it, and people tell them how great it is. And this is, kids look forward to it all year round. And Many girls go on afterwards, they write back letters as adults that this really set them into realizing how much they need to get their lives away from it and so on. And, and it's done more, it, it sort of picked the right point. Didn't say it's from, it's bad, it's this, it's that. He said, 
your light comes back on your eyes, you, you connect with people, you know, things that are, it sounds like he makes it a challenge for a week, he makes it with a big hoo-ha, and it's very positive, and, you know, it's amazing, it's, it's amazing, he, he, every year he gets emails from alumni who said that this was, the Hanukkah was really something, was, was, was a pivotal moment in their lives, and, and, and they began to take control of their lives. So it has to be done in a way that is meaningful to kids and can mean something to the kids. Um, I guess one follow-up question on something that Rashiva touched on already in terms of a, a Rebbe who, as the Rashiva has pointed out, has spent many years learning and is primarily focused on Gomorrah and more advanced learning. Um, but at the same time, they might be tasked with teaching Halafes like before or Chomish, etc. So is, how can this be, in fact, considered a development in terms of where they're holding personally? Or is it, in fact, unrelated? I want to tell you something. I was zeicher to have some very chashur Um Reb Nachum was my rebbe in, in learning Gemara. Um, Reb Moshe Shapiro was very close to Mashava. When I was a senior in high school, I had a rebbe Reb Zedel Epstein for two years, 11th grade and 12th grade, and in the summers in Camp Calvino. And, and, um, and Reb Zedel was a person that to me was a demus um, that stands in front of my eyes, uh, a demus as an Adam Shalom, as a Chacham, as a genuine Tzaddik, as a person who had no self and everything was focused on Talmidim. And um, he, I had him in RJJ 11th grade. He never, he was a Talmud Reb Shimon. I heard two Reb Shimons from him in two years. Once a year, the Reb Shimon, the rest of the time was Gemara Shitaisvis with Masha and Maram as needed. That was it. And whenever we'd ask him, you know, we had a good class actually. Yo, we only had Tyre, he used to smile and say, Next year you'll have a Shafshik, he's a Gewaldic Alamdin, you'll really get the best of Tyre. I'm a Pashti, I'm a Malamid, I do Gemara Shitaisvis, that's what I know and that's what I can do. And he, he really drilled and worked hard in it. So I didn't, you know. Years later, at 70, he retired to Israel. He decided he was going to sit in his corner and, you know, be mashed him, whatever he needed to be mashed him, and you know, work things out between him and, and, and Hashem. Rav Scheinberg had other plans for him, and he became mashkiach in Torah. He would, he would, he would say, Chabur, it was also mashkiach, would say Chabur. So after his petir, I spoke to one of his close Talmudim, and I said, you know, he never said over Rav Shimon. He said, what are you talking about? He said over Rav Shimon many times. I said, no, I remember clearly, I was very disappointed. And then I hopped. He was in 11th grade in, in, a, in a school that today would be almost Chutzlamachna. And his job was to drill kids in Gemara. But I realized his godless came through no matter what. Whatever I was able to get from there was Rebze Lepsti. Because even the way you, you, you learn a Gemara actually, there's a difference between a lambda and not a lambda. It's how precise you are. It's what the point that you're making. It, it's it's so so many other nuances. And this is what I got. So so so, so um, you know it it's like I think back if, if I were if I was a Shimon's a big Talmud, and I had to teach American kids, you know, Gemara, Drashi, and back and forth, and that much. How good would that be? I even think back in Reb Nachum, I was very close to Reb Nachum, I'd speak to him learning every day. And his patience was, you know, he could, he could be sharp and tell you if you're wrong and he felt you were sloppy, you, you would know about it. There was no, uh, no means, but, but it, it had nothing to do with lack of patience. I think back, how much time did he spend with a 16-year-old, 17-year-old kid from America who really wasn't holding who knows where? How much time invested in him? And, and it was Reb Nachum. So even the little I understood was Reb Nachum. And again, like I said, it's the quality, it's the person, it's everything about it. 
It's the Drisha Emes. It, you you invest a person into it. So if you can't if it, if you can't do it, if it doesn't work, then you then you shouldn't do it. You should never be a malamid for the lack of anything else to do. That used to be it was a terrible terrible tkufa. Like you know it was like okay he's a poor guy, bitter, um, you know, unsuccessful. Nothing's working. So might as well make him malamid. Unfortunately, that was a terrible terrible uh, mistake and it, whatever. But if you if you feel he's Torah expresses itself in a higher way in many different areas, and even even someone says that Dafayomi share to Balabatim, Alamdin presents material in a certain way, and somebody who's all over the place presents it all over the place. You, you know, it's 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 these are qualities, and 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 you you begin to feel it's not the the details of the Lamdis you know as a bacha, the ability to to encapsulate an idea, to present it right, to structure it correctly, to, to put it in the right place. Those are all qualities come from there. Uh, and, and it could be done in Chumash with kids. Again, I don't know, Alape is, is really a tough one, and I think it has a lot more to do with the closest to the person. But even Chumash, what you tell a child, how you tell a child, I mean, you know, it, those those are things that make all the difference. How, how th these are his building blocks for how he's going to think and and the, the and, and it, it it sort of solidifies your taichen. we have uh, one last question here uh, so somebody wanted to know that they're um, considering or maybe at this point in time um, going to invest themselves in an out-of-town community and um, take a role within the school but while, while considering that role or having taken on that role previously, um, they have growing concerns about their own children as their own children are getting older. So what are the signs or, or what should a person be looking at? What are the gedarim in terms of a person having their own concerns for their own child in such a place? That's a very hard question, and it has a lot to do with the child and his environment. It's not an easy question. I think it has to be answered personally. I've seen Mechanchem's children who've turned out amazing, despite the fact that their that their um, you know that, that, that their schoolmates were not ideal. They still Adraba. They came out much better for that. And sometimes it's a challenge. It, it's something that really depends a lot. How many kids? What are their struggles? What you know? What are the chances to move them at a soon enough age to another school? It's not. It's not a. It's it's not a general question answer. Um, you know, yesh yesh, and, and having somebody who knows you and your wife and your children, um, and a sense of the environment to be able to to tell you, um, you know. I, I, like I said, I, I went to a school that today, it's hard for me to believe many others would send their kids there. It's today that would, it would be sort of a school that would be, and Baruch Hashem, I, I don't think, you know, and, and, and many of us um, did very well, Baruch Hashem went on to, to, to Hashem. And those, those who didn't, you know, I, I don't think it had anything to do with the school per se. I mean, they had at home, they had, but, but I know it's a problem and, and, you have to take it case by case. It's not. It's not something to say about from Chloe. I wanted to thank the Rosh Hashiva, uh, and uh, what you said a few moments ago about uh, preparing. I, I see you, you. You really thought this out. So, thank you so much. I, I was going to also uh, ask for the Rosh Hashiva to stay involved with the fellows. I mean. You've now captured them, and uh, these fellows want careers in Chino. So we're going to be leaning on the Rosh Hashiv, I hope, in the future, as questions come up or concerns or for more chizim. Many years ago, when I started out as a, as a principal, it was the early 1980s, I was working in Miami and, and uh, Torah Semis, and I, I had a visitor one day. His name was Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, that's all, Rosh Hashiva. Yeah. He came to visit. He wanted to see the local day school. I was running a day school. 
And he, uh, I wanted to walk through Hashiva all, all around and show him the eighth grade boys learning Gemara. He sat in the first grade in Kita Aleph. There was a woman teacher. He sat in a little chair for really? a half hour. Wow. I said, Rebbe, like, like, what's... He says, I had a good Rebbe in first grade, and I always want to go back to first grade because that's where I began to learn. So that image of his first grade Rebbe, he was reliving in Kita Aleph in Miami Beach 40 years ago. And it always stuck with me that... that, that and, and, uh, and you know what else? He spoke to the teacher in Ivrit Pala. He, his it was perfect. He wanted to be a student in that classroom for him. That was his vacation. He would spend a month or two in the in the uh, in the winter down in uh, down down in Florida. So there's 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 so much to grasp. And, and again, we thank the Rosh Hashiva for for, uh, for okay. all of your input. I want I want to tell you this. There's a chayin out of town people, and. Uh, you know, it's it's um, there's something special. I've been here 25 years. I did 25 years before I'd been in Yerushalayim, Yeshiva, and yes, it's a different world, but it has a lot of beauty to it. And 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 I've seen if you if people invest themselves, there's a lot that uh, that happens. You you really you feel a that you have Paris, and you feel that you yourself have have become have have realized yourself. It's a tremendous it's a tremendous sagasha, and uh, everybody best to find Amen. a place that's good for the place and good for them. Amen. Amen. Okay, cult of good night. Thank you all. Thank you all. Rabbi White will follow up with everyone. Rabbi Sadi, we wish everyone a good evening. Thank you all for joining. Thank you. Good night.